join our brother Randy Lightborn as he talks about what's the proof that you're really forgiving. Greetings, one and all. I'm from the country, Somerset. My mother was a pastor for over 30 years. So I knew right from wrong, I was brought up to serve God, but I chose to go my own way. And I suffered terrible for it. But I thank God that I've had a road to Damascus experience. And I've rededicated my life and my heart to God so that God's will can be done in my life. My name is Brother Randy Lightfoot. Join me as I share the word of God. Father God, we just thank you once again. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity for us to fellowship. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to experience your presence, Lord God. Even as your Holy Spirit indwells us, God, we thank you for your presence. Father God, even in the midst of this worship service right now, Lord, I ask that you would speak through me as I bring forth the words you have given me, God. I ask that you would speak also to me, Lord God, empty me of myself, God, and let your word come forth as the Holy Spirit gives utterance, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. Bless this message. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My message tonight is called, What's the Proof? What's the proof you're really forgiven? Sounds like a strange topic. It is in a sense, but that's what God has given me. What's the proof? You're really forgiven. It's going to be taken from the text that we had read earlier. The entire text would be from Luke chapter 7, verses 36 all the way to 50. It would cover the whole scripture text that I'm going to be speaking about tonight. But I'm going to read just from verse 36 to 39 to set the outline, and it reads, Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 36. And one of the Pharisees decided him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, in the city, which, I'm sorry, and behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. And when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. I have two points that I want to come from tonight. Uh, point one is recognize your ill condition. And point two, recognize your new condition. And those are the two points that I want to bring out tonight as I get into this word here. Um, that scripture reading there 
speaks volumes when you look at the mindset of what some people have. When you look at that setting, it speaks that a Pharisee asked Jesus. He invited Jesus to come to him, his house. There will be questions that you can ask yourself in terms of what was his real reason for asking Jesus to, to come to his house. But what is picked up immediately is that it's this woman. The text says that this woman was a sinner of the city. And when you understand that terminology, a woman of the city, it was one of the terms that they used for pilots and prostitutes, women that they had no respect for, women that was considered to be the worst of society. She sees Jesus. And then she goes to those Pharisees' house also and begins to weep and to cry and to go through all types of emotions as she takes this ointment and washes his feet with repartures and takes the ointment and then anoints his feet. What I want to speak about is what gets you to that point that this woman is at. Look at this woman. Look at this woman's actions. And to help you with it, I want to look at Mark chapter 1, verses 40 and 42. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will. Be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. Praise the Lord. They sound like two completely different situations. And what I want to speak about is recognizing what your old condition was. And this is to those that are saved. Those that are not saved, you would be looking at what your condition is now. Recognizing your old condition is always important, even as we go forward in Christ. Because sometimes, some saints act like they never sinned. They never came to a saving grace. They just was always hurting for some reason. Look at this woman of the city. She, I want to emphasize that she knew her condition. She knew her condition. And I went to Mark and I spoke about this leper. This man that had leprosy, he saw Jesus. Scripture says that when he saw Jesus, he cried out and said to Jesus, if you will, you can make me clean. This leper had a serious condition. And and if anyone has ever done a study on, on leprosy, it was a terrible, unbelievable affliction to, to come on, come upon a person. 
And it came slowly on you. Like sin, it came slowly on you. Little spots here and there turn into little sores. Little raspiness in your throat. Little more pale skin coming on you. Little aches here and there. And then you had to go before the priest. Because these were the initial signs that something's going wrong with you. And you would go to the priest, according to the Mosaic laws. You would go to the priest, and the priest would declare you a leper, or declare that you didn't have it. But this guy here, when you read this account in Luke, this is the Mark account. When you read about the leper's account in Luke 5, it says that not only that he had leprosy, it says that he had he had he was full of leprosy. He was at those last stages of leprosy. This is a disease that attacked the nervous system of your body so much so that you didn't feel pain. You just systematically picked up injuries. Whether you touched the fire, you wouldn't even know you was in the fire because it attacked your nervous system. And piece by piece, your body would be oozing pus, and it gets very graphic. To your fingers and your toes start dropping off, and they say that it's lasted about nine years. But you would systematically get worse and worse and worse. And on top of that, you were segregated from the community. You had to be in a park by yourself. And if you was coming down the road, you had to shout out and let people know what type of person you are. You had to shout out Lapa, Lapa, so that they would keep their distance from you. The reason that I'm bringing this up, the most graphicness of this disease, because I want to relate it to this woman in Luke 7. Leprosy is a very good description of sin in our lives. Leprosy is a physical ailment that comes upon people, but it represents sin in our lives. It starts out small. It starts out with little things. But as we go on in our life and we don't come to a saving grace of God, and we don't know God as our Lord and Savior, the sin that is within us gets worse and worse and drives us to a place where we're going to either accept God as our Lord and Savior or we're going to continue in this lost, terrible state. But what stands out is that whatever you see when you look at this leper, and you see the sores and the fingers breaking off and all the different wounds that is picked up because of the fact that if he, like if he stood on a nail or something, he wouldn't even know that he done it because he wouldn't feel it because of how it, how the, this leprosy attacks the nervous system. And this guy is described in, in, in Luke 5 as being full. So he was at the worst stages. Think of it in terms of cancer. He was at the final stages. He was at his worst stages. Leprosy is a death sentence. And I bring leprosy up in this context because 
it relates directly to sin. Sin is a death sentence on our lives. It's not a comfortable subject to be talking about. But I'm not here to judge anybody with respect to where they are. This text and this point is recognizing your old condition. Whatever that condition is, its worst stages would be this leper. Its worst stages would be this woman who was completely shunned by everybody in that city. So much so that when the Pharisee invited Jesus there and sees Jesus letting this woman wipe his feet and touch him and anoint him, they, in their self-righteousness, said, if this guy was really a prophet, if he was really a man of God, everybody knows that this woman, her, is trash. Everybody knows that this woman, her, is no good because of the sin in our life. They call her a sinner, like they're not, for whatever reason, like they're not. But we do this naturally within society. Some people's um, sins are out there for everybody to see. Rather, it's the drug addict that's caught up on the street or the prostitute that's caught up on the street. The gangbangers put themselves out there and you see the riotous life that they're living. They still got the same death sentence hanging over their head as the person that has got themselves all together in terms of, of how they represent themselves in society. Whether they are a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor, judge, whatever. If they don't have that sickness called sin in their lives being forgiven, they're in the same condition. Sin is a death sentence. And the only cure is a blood cure. Just like HIV leads to AIDS and a death sentence, you have SIN leads to a death sentence. Only cure is a blood cure. That blood cure is Jesus Christ. But before you can ever get to that point, you need to know what this condition is. And when we read about this leper, he cries out to Jesus and he says, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. This woman, when she saw Jesus, she recognized her condition and she goes to Jesus. She doesn't hesitate. She knew her condition. And it wasn't so much the fact that others disliked her. She recognized her condition. And more importantly, she recognized who Jesus is. The only way we can recognize our condition, specifically our, our old condition, is when we recognize who Jesus is. Both of these people react, not just because of the condition that they're in, but it's the recognition of who Jesus is and what he can do for their condition. Jesus is the only one that can fix your condition. This woman, when she sees Jesus heading into the Pharisee's house, this woman makes her mind up that she's going after Jesus because she knows that he's the only one that can fix her condition. When we realize that there is a condition called sin in our lives, that only Christ can change, 
That's when we fully see what our condition is. That's when we get the proper picture of our condition. And that condition is just like this leper. When we minimize that condition, why not seeing Jesus the way that he is? Why not seeing Jesus for who he is? When we see Jesus for who he is, you can't help but cry out like the leper did. Please, if you, if you want to, I know you can heal me. You can clean me. And I need everyone to look within themselves because this is what we represent. We represent our people that have been redeemed by a loving God that chose. The leper said, if you want to, you can. He had the faith. He knew God could. He said, if you want to, you can make me clean. We represent that leper today. All what they saw on the outside of the leper was about an inside condition. Today, we can make ourselves look really sharp. But what's in the inside is what really matters. This woman, if they did not know this woman to be this woman of the city, this harlot and stuff, she could make herself on the outside look very presentable. Her problem was everybody knew about her. But there are many of us today who can make ourselves look very presentable. But it's a condition going on inside you that puts you at a death sentence. The same death sentence that the leper faces. And you need to come to a realization within yourself, whoever you are, wherever you're at in your life. Recognize that condition. Recognize more importantly, who is the only one that can make a difference in that condition in your life. This is what we face every day. As children of God, we don't want to ever forget where God has brought us from. Because when we do that, we start to not appreciate where God has brought us from. I believe having a, a proper balance of understanding your own condition is important for humility in your life, in your walk with God. It's important to get you ready for going forward in your life. You're not hung up on your own condition. You're not, you know, you know, worrying about those old conditions. You're coming from a position of thankfulness. Imagine this leper who nobody couldn't touch, nobody couldn't go near him. But he calls out to Jesus. Not only does Jesus listen to him, Jesus says, I will, and Jesus physically touches him. He knew his condition. He knew nobody was supposed to go near him. But he had a belief in Jesus. He knew he had a death sentence over his head. We as children of God today must always remember that we have been redeemed from a death sentence. We have been redeemed from the social outcast that the woman experienced, some more than others. 
but it's a realization of where you were in your life before Christ. And that the only difference is that your sins that were condemning you, your sins that were holding you to a death sentence have really been forgiven by a loving Savior. The same loving Savior that reaches down and touch that leper. God deals with people differently. This leper had full-blown leprosy. He was at his last stages. There is another story in the Bible that talks about 10 lepers. 10 lepers heard about Jesus coming. They knew who he was. They had, they had heard about him. But they had to keep their distance. They was a long ways away. But they knew Jesus was passing by. And they knew their condition. And they all cried out together. And they said, son of David, have mercy on us. People were trying to get them to be quiet. They cried out the more because they knew their condition. And only he could fix it. Only he could fix that condition. When you know your condition and know who's got the answer for you. That's when you're in a position to get forgiveness. That's when you can accept God as your Lord and Savior. That's when you can get true forgiveness. Jesus dealt with them in a different way. Jesus told them, listen, go your way to the priest. There is a custom, there is a, is a, a, a protocol when someone has leprosy. First of all, I said to you earlier how that the first way is that you have to go to the priest and the priest has to declare that you've got this problem. And then you get sanctioned. And if, by the grace of God, a leper gets healed or believes it's healed, there is another whole ceremony. I think it's in the Leviticus 14. It's a massive ceremony. And when you read that ceremony, I don't want to get into it right now because it is kind of lengthy. But that ceremony is very symbolic of the redemptive work of Christ. Because that person that gets healed has to go to the, the priest again, and the priest has to declare that person healed. And it's a process they have to go through. They have to take two doves. One gets killed and one gets blood sprinkled onto it. You know, and then the later one, they, they have to get blood sprinkled on them, and then, then, then they get some oil put on them. Very representative, it, it fits the pattern of when Christ comes into your life and that it's the blood that's been changed. A leopard's blood is clean. That's what this healing represents. And he can't get the oil, which represents the Holy Spirit on him, until the blood work is done. The blood work we experience in our walk with God is called the forgiveness of our sins by accepting that blood work of Christ on the cross. We can't reach that point until we know our condition. We must remember the condition. It's a death sentence. It's a sin problem. It's a blood problem that only Christ can fix. God told us 10 lepers, go to the uh, priest. And the beautiful part was because they had faith, because they trusted God. Scripture says, as they went, they got healed. I only mention it to show you that God works in different ways with respect 
to change in a person's lives. Sometimes it's an immediate big change one time. Other times it's a gradual process. This leper in Mark, Christ reached down and touched him. And even though he was full of leprosy, it says that he was immediately, instantaneously changed. Instantaneously changed. Tanlap was called out to him. Jesus stayed his distance and told him what to do. Because they was obedient, because they had faith, scripture says that as they ran on their way, they got healed. As they left, they got healed. Sometimes Christ is going to touch a person in a more significant way than someone else. That's for Christ to decide for whatever Christ's reasons are. But it makes a difference in your life when you know your condition and you realize that Jesus is the only one that can fix that condition. It makes a difference in how you respond. That's what makes the big difference is the fact that you are recognizing. Remember the scripture we read earlier in Luke 7. In verse 50, it says, Christ says to the woman that it's your faith that saved you. The leper that cries out to Jesus did not lack faith. He recognized what his problem was. He recognized who could fix his problem. And he challenged Jesus by saying, listen, if you want to, you could heal me. The question is asked of each of us every day. Are we really forgiven? Has our sins really been forgiven by God? Each of us has to know this for ourselves. But my topic today says, what is the proof of it? We know because we take God at his word, but there is a proof. The same way that there is a proof when a leprosy person is cleaned, there is a clear proof that that person has been cleansed, that that person's problem has been dealt with. We as children of God, when we recognize our condition, our old condition, and Christ has made a difference in our lives, and our sins are forgiven, there is a proof that shows it. And that leads me to my second point. My second point is recognize your new condition. That old condition is a death sentence. That old condition leaves you feeling hopeless. That old condition has issues in it that make you know that you need Christ. You don't need to be or have to be the worst of sinners to know this. You don't need to be a lady of the city. You don't need to have full-blown leprosy with respect to a sin issue. You could be morally well set up in this world. But if you're not forgiven, there is a longing in your heart. There is a longing in your spirit that lets you know that you're not right with God. Okay? So this is the worst case scenarios, but I want you to know that it covers those that are morally considered fine, highly respected within the community. But if they're not got the condition met by Jesus Christ, they're just still in the early stages of leprosy. 
They're in the early stages of, of leprosy, and it's a death sentence. If you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's a death sentence on your life. My topic is, in point two says, recognizing your new condition. Let's go back to Luke chapter 7 again and read verses 40 to 47. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say one. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one who had 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them shall love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she had washed my feet with tears and had wiped them with the hairs of her hair. Thou givest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman had anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Praise the Lord. Let's quickly also go to back to Mark 1 again. Mark 1 and verse 43. And he straightly charged him. This is the leper. And forthwith sent him away. This is after he had just finished healing him in verse 42. And he said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Remember, we had talked about this a little earlier, that there was a, 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 a protocol that they had to follow once they got healed. But he went out, verse 45, he, the leper, went out and began to publish it much and to uh, blaze about the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Praise the Lord. Was seeing two different reactions to people who have experienced a touch from Jesus. The first one was this woman. Jesus goes to great length to show Simon, listen, when I came in your house, you're not done this, you're not done that, but this woman, whose sins are many, who is shunned. She recognizes who I am. She recognizes her condition. She recognizes that I'm the one that can make her free. I'm the one that can heal her. I'm the one that can put a change to her condition. Because of this, because of this reality, of knowing her old condition and knowing what Christ is going to do for her. She sits at Jesus' feet and cries. She's thankful. She's overwhelmed because she knows who Jesus is. 
when you know this new condition that you're in, it helps you to realize that your sins are really forgiven. The proof of it is how you respond. Christ uses the illustration that if two people had two debts, one was much larger than the other, and the creditor just forgave the debts, who's going to love them more? Who's going to appreciate it more? Jesus brings that point out to illustrate this is why this woman is acting the way she's acting. Her sins, which is many that everybody knows about, are forgiven. She's looked to me and she's forgiven. Because she's forgiven, she loves more. She's got a bigger appreciation for what God has done in her life. Everyone that is redeemed, everyone that has experienced Christ's forgiveness in their lives become a changed person. This woman was still looked down upon in the world's eyes, but she knew what Christ had done for her. Just like the leper, when Jesus reached over and touched that leper and instantaneously healed him, he knew his new condition. And when he got that new condition, even though Jesus said, listen, don't go tell nobody, go do what you're supposed to do according to the Mosaic law. But this guy said, whoa, 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 listen. Same as that woman at the well. That woman at the well, when she found out who Jesus was, when she knew the truth, she says, let me tell you about a God that changed my life. She went back to Samaria and told everybody she saw what Jesus done. What I'm talking about is recognizing your new condition. The proof of a forgiveness of sins in your life is an automatic change in your attitude. It's a change in how you operate. That faith that you put in God, Jesus said in verse 50 we had read earlier uh, um, that this woman was praised because he tells her that your faith is what has set you free. Go in peace. Your faith is what saved you. That faith was in Jesus Christ's ability to fix the condition she was in. Each of us has been in this woman's place. Each of us, I speak for myself, has been in that leper's place. We're full-blown leprosy, dying stages. Doctors can't fix it. Stage four, cancer. Only Jesus can make the difference in your life. And when he does that, when you in faith accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it becomes evident within you. You know, you know when Christ has touched you because he touches you by your faith. They touch the hem of Jesus' garment. She's able to touch Jesus. She's able to make Jesus react by saying, who touched me in the midst of everybody touching? We touch God by our faith. We, we touch Christ by a true belief, a saving faith. And that saving faith helps you to recognize your new condition. That leper 
could not keep it to himself. He ran out there and spread it out so much that Jesus had to move out of that area. He had to come out of that area because he was getting too much attention. This guy became such a great witness for Christ that Christ had to go out because Christ was on a timetable. That's the reason Christ didn't want him to be making too much noise, spreading about what he had done, because he knew that it would cause too much reaction, and Jesus was on his timetable. It was a timetable to that Calvary experience that, that Jesus was working towards. It was a timetable to what we call Palm Sunday, because that was the day that they would select Jesus Christ as the lamb for the Passover sacrifice. But it was on a time schedule. So that's why Jesus had to leave, because this leper, who had experienced this new condition in his life, who had experienced forgiveness of sins, when you really experience the forgiveness of sins in your life, you're going to change. Jesus said, this woman whose sins were many, she loves me so much that she's wiping my feet off with the tears from my eyes. The among um, tears of love and the day among um, tears of, of gratitude. She knew nobody loved her on that street. Nobody cared about her. She was nothing. Her name stood for money. But she knew that there was Jesus there. She knew that Jesus was in that house. And I'm saying to anyone who doesn't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior today, that Jesus is in the house right now. You just need to have a saving faith to put your trust in him and he'll deal with any leprosy, any stage four cancer in your life, any small little illness in your life, which represents sin. He will change you. The beautiful part is the worse you are, the worse that you are, the better you feel when Christ does for, um, forgive you. It's when you experience that true forgiveness in your life, it's a reaction. That's the proof that you've been forgiven. What was the proof that this leper had been cleaned? He ran out showing everybody. He ran out just showing the new condition he was in and letting them know that Jesus done it. This is the cry for each of us today in this walk. In this walk for God, why not save so that we fit into society in a respectable sense? Why saved so that we can represent what Christ has done in our lives? Let's look at Psalms 51, 10 to 13. This is the cry that we all need to hear. It makes a difference. Psalms 51, verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy holy spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It starts with you saying to God, create in me this clean heart. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Those days, the Holy Spirit didn't abide in man. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He's saying, don't, don't take it away. This is David crying out. 
But after God does all this for him, after God forgives him, after God creates a new heart in him, okay, God doesn't fix broken hearts like that. God doesn't fix old hearts. God gives us a new heart. And that's what we need to have that type of mentality. Because after he experiences this, after he's got this new heart created in him, after this Holy Spirit is in his life, he then says, then will I teach transgressors your way. Then will I be like this leper. Because the minute this, this leper got the new condition, he ran out there. If you were able to experience some type of great financial blessing, some great physical healing from cancer or any type of um, dying disease, you would not keep that to yourself. You're going to tell your loved ones. You're going to tell everybody that you see. David said, then I will teach transgressors your way. True forgiveness in your life automatically brings you to a point where you're going to react in a way that represents what Christ has done in your life. You can't keep it to yourself. Psalms 107, verse 2. This is the, the icing on the cake for me. Psalms 107 and verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he had redeemed from the hand of the enemy. This is our call today. This is the call for each person who has experienced that forgiveness, who has been changed, who has had that old condition fixed by Jesus. If Jesus has really done something in your life, it's going to be shown by how you're reacting. David said, you create this clean heart in me, and keep your Holy Spirit in me, you forgive me, and then I'm going to teach transgressors your way. There is a change in my attitude going forward. Each of these ones were two different experiences on two different levels, but they represent the sin in your life that's being changed. If it's really forgiven, you react. Jesus said, this woman, whose sins were many, is reacting the way she's acting. Because she's been forgiven. At the end of that chapter, verse 50 says, listen, your faith has saved you. Your trust in me has saved you. Your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees say, how can a man say, what type of man is this saying that these sins are forgiven? They understood certain healing these, but how could he say that your sins are forgiven? Jesus said that this woman's faith is set her at peace. That's what saved her. That's what got her sins forgiven. And when these sins were forgiven, she reacts with love. She reacts with a desire to be a part of Christ. That's the first part. That's the intimate part of a changed life. That's the intimate part of sins being forgiven. The first thing is that you develop that closeness with Christ. You want to sit at his feet. You want to get nearer to Christ. You want to give him your all. That's what true forgiveness does in your life. It next reveals itself like the leper's experience. Then you go out there and teach transgressors your way. They couldn't keep this leper quiet. Jesus told the leper to keep quiet and he went out there and told everybody. Jesus tells us to go out and tell everybody and nobody's really doing it. He says, go out there and teach the world. If you've been forgiven, 
if you experience Christ in your life, you need to be doing something. You should be first walking on that personal relationship. You need to be at Jesus' feet. You need to have a real love. Jesus said to whom much is forgiven, that person loves much. And then it's going to be displayed in you going out and talking about what Jesus has done. We're not secret Christians. We're not secretly saved. We're not secretly forgiven. We need to shout it from the housetops. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And that's my cry to each of you today. Those of us who have experienced that forgiveness in our lives need to be working on that personal relationship, staying at Jesus' feet, showing that, that love for Jesus, and ultimately going out there and having a mindset of teaching transgressors the way. Letting everybody you know what Jesus has done. You should be proud of it. You should want to go out there and, and witness. This is our call. This is the cry of anybody that's truly been forgiven. If Christ has made a difference in your life, tell somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Because we've got a lot to be thankful for. Many of us are just like that woman of that city. Many of us are like that leper. We need a touch from Jesus. And if we've been touched from Jesus, we need to act like the leper and let everybody know about it. And if we've been touched like that woman, we need to lay at Jesus' feet and let him cleanse us. We need to love God. And that love is the obedience of what God puts out in his word to us. I pray that somewhere in this, this message that you see the importance of knowing that the proof of your forgiveness is in how you go forward in your walk with God. God calls you to be a certain way, to represent him in a certain way. We all have that testimony. We all have a testimony to share of what Christ has done in our lives. You don't have to be a lapper in his last stages. You don't have to be a well-known public sinner. You just need to know that Jesus Christ has made the difference in your life. And if Jesus Christ has made the difference in your life, if he's forgiving you for whatever your shortcomings are, if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, then you need to act like it. Lay at his feet. Develop that relationship between you and him and ultimately go out and represent him in your life. Tell people what Christ has done for you. Tell people how he has healed you and changed. Anyone who had the beautiful opportunity of accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, today Jesus is in the house. Today Jesus is saying, I will. You need to use that saving faith, that faith that says, Jesus, I need you. I surrender my life to you. I recognize what you've done on the cross for me. And I believe on you and I invite you into my heart. And you get a brand new heart. God ain't fixing no new hearts. He gives you a new heart. He gives you a brand new heart to go forward and to spread the word like the leper. But first, you're going to have to lay at his feet and draw nearer to him and find out what he would have you to do. I encourage each of us that have experienced redemption. Scripture says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go forward, you guys. Go forward 
and spread the word, Jesus still says the only way to heaven is through Jesus. Nothing ain't changed. I love the story about John the Baptist. John the Baptist didn't have a new message. Every time they went to John the Baptist, they found him saying the same thing. Repent. Repent. Jesus gave us the gospel when he left. That same message is here today. The same message. It's not changed. It's not changed. We still need Jesus in our lives. Jesus is the only answer. No matter what other religions are out there, we need Jesus in our lives. And those of us that have experienced Jesus in our lives need to go forward and act like it. Act like it. Act like you're forgiven. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen.